last time on Dice Funk. If you were able to subjugate some souls and you took them to the prime material plane and found them suitable hosts to construct an army, that would be the action of a rogue Nixie and her murderous mob of devil-infused super vampires. It could do something quite incredible once it's opened, but until then, it's just a rather infuriating puzzle box that Agma left to help out mortals who might need its power. Are we basically saying that you gave her the wild magic? You could break it if you could figure out a way to channel guilt's energy that's still in the orb. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that's option two. The choice was always meant to and still is yours to make, Zoe. If you want to rid yourself of wild magic, this is perhaps a possible way to do it. Kill the Nixie! Oh boy. And 50 zombies come roaring up from the basement. So you don't have like a giant Baron uh, Schmedley whiplash mustache? I combined two characters, I realized. Baron Schmedley and Baron Whiplash. Snidely Whiplash. Snidely Whiplash. So I think that uh, we should just combine those two universes. The Bond universe and the, uh, I don't know, what was Snidely Whiplash from? The old... Whiplash, the movie about drumming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is our Nick, uh, Nick Fury. He's going to combine the universes together. So we're making good time on our D&D podcast. I'm pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this session, we should start in media res of Stellarosa meeting Claire Elise Legrand, because during the end of the last episode, Zoe mentioned that she existed. And rather than walk through the whole explanation again of Stellarosa being like, here's my motivation. Here's this puzzle box. Here's what it's a rumor to do, but we have suspicions about it being a test of character, blah, blah, blah. Chris, can you just give me the last sentence of Stellarosa introducing herself to Claire? So. So this is all your fault, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, Claire jumps over the desk and tackles Stellarosa. Strike the contest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's see here. Damn you for making me exist. (laughs) This is actually going to be a challenging strike contest because I don't think either of these characters are strong. I rolled a four. One. (laughs) Not natural one, but a one. Yeah, so four versus one, it's the saddest slap fight in the history of mankind. They land zero blows and do negative damage. They actually both feel healthier after this fight. <laughs> but yeah, Claire like basically jumps off the desk and tries to tackle Stellarosa, and they kind of just flail each other. Claire is seven years old physically, so her little baby fists don't really hurt Stellarosa. But she's like, I can't believe you did this! What is wrong with you?! Look, I understand it wasn't an ideal situation for anybody, but it was the fact of the matter. It's that the situation exists, and in one way, it is a very beautiful thing because it managed to create a life such as yourself. You really don't think you did anything wrong, do you? You think you're, you're, you made a little mistake and then you're fixing it because you're a good guy. Oh, I'm not a good guy, dear sister. I'm quite aware of that fact. Do you feel even a little bit bad about helping the vampire dictator come to power? It is a situation of which the magnitude will likely not alter much in a grand economic or political scale until stability comes to that nation. That was a lot of pretty words to say you're full of bullshit. It's a lot of pretty words to say I have bigger things on my mind. 
What could you possibly have to do now? You're just going to throw this orbit Zoe and run away? I was not intending to settle down into Ilium, no, if that's what you were wondering. I have to get back. I'm the person they expect to fix all of the world's problems. I have quite a lot on my plate. Mmm, yeah, sounds like a big burden. Must be hard being you. It is difficult in its own ways, and obviously I can detect sarcasm, so I can tell <laughs> what you're getting at. No, it's not always the most troubling things, but it is the life that I was put into. Can he detect these fists? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Um, her cloak is just flapping frantically, trying to like pull her back. It's like, hold me back, hold me back. Come on, bro. But, but, <laughs> but luckily, Claire wouldn't hurt you even if she hit you. So uh, who else is present in this scene? Everyone's invited if you want to be here for this and you want to jump in. I, I just picture Roland standing by, just not saying anything, just arms crossed and just thinking, this is exactly how I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I think Veltari's in the background, just like with the popcorn shoveling into her mouth. She's like, "Oh, this, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good." Oh, Mara too. We're they're double popcorning. That's a classic Ilium strat: is the popcorn, the double popcorn. Yeah. So Claire says, "I mean, it's obvious why this thing, the stupid sphere, didn't open for you. <laughs> the morb, I guess, the the mystery orb, the morb didn't open for you. It's because this is this whole thing is just selfish. You just want to fix your mistakes so you can." go on being perfect and not having to take responsibility for anything. If you actually wanted to help Zoe, I'm sure it would have opened. Perhaps. But in its own way, I think this was a moment that helped Zoe. It also was a chance for me to see how she's doing and affirm my thoughts that I had on her. That even if she wasn't born to be just like me, she was born to be someone just as spectacular in her own way. Or maybe she earned it by befriending all the powerful people and helping and being nice. And it has nothing to do with being born to anything, you weird creep. <laughs> That's more or less what I'm saying, dear sister. <laughs> it's just, we all have our different ways of going about things. And the world needs people like Zoe and yourself just as much as it is vital that they have people like myself. I guess whatever you need to sleep at night. That's a lot of wine, actually. <laughs> okay, actually, that makes a lot of sense. That clears up a lot of things. Uh, so what, you're just leaving now? Is that it? You just did not, the orb isn't, the morb isn't your responsibility anymore, so you're out? I can't do anything further to open the orb. Perhaps Zoe herself will be able to open it and use it as she sees fit. I have faith that she will use it in a responsible manner. And then, yes, my task is done and I have much work to get back to. There are a lot of problems afflicting this world at every moment that you're blissfully unaware of, and it's my job to make sure that this world continues to move. Well, don't let me keep you. I'm sure you have a lot of important dictators to facilitate. I'm sure you have a lot of armies to help build and people to kill. Correct me if I'm wrong, aren't you the leader of a band of fiends who ruled this town through organized crime? We're kind of like a motorcycle gang where we're like tough on mm -hmm. the outside, but we, you know, volunteer on weekends and like do like toys for tots and shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. It all makes sense, doesn't it? Listen, we have a bad reputation, <laughs> but we have good hearts. Shut up. Also. <laughs> Shut up is the other thing. It was nice to see you, Claire. It wasn't nice to see you. You smell. Quite. <laughs> She's just going to turn around and leave. Well, Roland will... 
try to interrupt Stella Russell before she leaves. You mentioned that it's your job to take care of all the world's problems, in essence. By what authority were you granted such a job or such a responsibility? By being born as talented as I was. Trust me, this isn't something I jumped on top of, but from a young age, I was molded to be as I am now. I was encouraged to use my gifts, to grow with them, to become smarter than the person who came before me. I was taught that I had the ability to make these changes, and by not doing so would be a waste of these beautiful gifts. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get into Calvinism this season. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Doing me a huge solid there. High five, buddy. <laughs> I'll just do it for you. Claire says to the rest of the avant-garde as Stella Rosa leaves, forget about her. We don't need her. We have everything taken care of. Speaking of which, Sylvia has uh, got cleared up all the rubble. That's finished, and she has all the pieces, and she's putting them back together. If there's any way you can help that, that's what we actually need, instead of holier-than-thou pseudo-eugenic creepazoids. <laughs> I don't know her. We'll pay her a visit and see what the next step is in that area. Has everything else been running smoothly here? I mean, more or less. We have food, we have supplies, we have defense, we have Zoe, which is both blessing and curse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Zoe is in the room. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're a good McQuare. Uh, what? It's what your sash says. Oh. Is it upside down again? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's uh, that's our main thing that we're worried about right now. There's like giant hunters who are trying to get into the city, but the blade singers have control of that. All the wild animals are in the preserve, so no one's in danger. The bozogs have seemed to settle down. Uh, they have their own little community on the outskirts. They're not bothering anyone. So it's basically just operation get the people out of the mirrors, if it's possible. Even if people who are in those mirrors committed some sort of crime warranting their imprisonment no exit is really not an option if it's possible to change things up so Let, let's be fair roland like it's not surprising that they made no progress while we were gone and they're clearly going to make progress now because the the people that break people out of mirror prison are back and clearly we were the missing ingredient i think as the great philosopher said the boys are back in town <laughs> indeed they are so you guys going to go over to Sylvia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So in her uh, big illusory house, we've described it before, it's kind of like a TARDIS where it's enchanted to be bigger on the inside. Uh, she has like a separate room set aside where she has all the mirror shards gathered. She's trying to put them back together by summoning their ideal form. So she uses her magic to like create a, a, a ghost of the mirror, essentially. And can, she can see all the cracks and then she picks up a piece and tries to match it. And there are hundreds of millions of shards right like some like so small you can't see them and then some like the size of your arm and there's just like the hundreds of mirrors were shattered so this could take literally a lifetime to complete but instead of being just straight up impossible her magic means there's a chance of it happening and so you guys go over to her house and you see she's doing this she has like a whole workbench set up and she summons an illusory kind of ghost of the mirror and she looks at the piece and the uh, Grace is there too, and she's helping, and she has all the pieces like sorted by size, and it, it's incredibly tedious work. And it, if you saw, if like if someone hired you to do this, you would quit within days because it's just 
overwhelming and thankless, but they're working hard and they're doing their best. I don't know about that. For one job, I had to unstaple things that were stapled for seven and a half hours a day with a broken stapler remover. Why would you just get a fixed one? Because uh, I asked for a new one and they gave me two more broken ones. <laughs> <laughs> Bureaucracy is awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So they see you come in and they say, oh, hey, uh, you guys here to help? Yep. What can we do? Get gloves and try to find a piece that looks like this, Sylvia says. And she shows you a a random piece of a, a glass in a ghost form. And she says, I'm looking for this one. Oh, that's a good idea. Because if I cut myself, I think I never stop. Yeah. And then you die. And then you're a ghost. Yeah. Maybe you just like search for them with your eyes. Maybe just just search with your eyes. I love puzzles. So I, I decided to roll investigation to help out. And I rolled a natural one. <laughs> Roland falls face first into glass. <laughs> All right, so take D10 damage. Okay. <laughs> Off to an amazing start. Uh, while you're there, uh, Sylvia says to Mara, hey, you uh, you don't have like a ghost buddy? I guess they're called tutelary spirits. I've been calling them totems. Every culture has a name for them. Do you, ha- do you want one? Stands! We call them stands. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> yeah. They stand next to you. That stands. That makes sense. I won't question it. <laughs> uh, I rolled an 11 on investigation. All right, so Veltari helps. Ghost me up. <laughs> what What do you want? What that ghost do? What do you want? <laughs> Capybara. Capybara. Giant hedgehog. <laughs> Does he go fast? Yes, he's a very fast giant hedgehog. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, the ability you're going to get for that is essentially the Manticore one, where if someone hits you, they take spike damage. Nice. Yes. Also, if you want to get one for Mardis on the record, you don't have to. But if you have one in, in mind for Mardis that fits his personality sketch that you want to establish. It's a good one. I have to think on it briefly. All right. So Roland makes a big glass mess and does damage to himself. Veltari helps. Uh, Sylvia gets Mara a giant hedgehog ghost to be her tutelary spirit. And you guys are helping with the glass work. This is going to take years. This is not something where, like, at the last minute, Theodora's army is going to show up. And then suddenly you save the day by releasing Warden Light. Like, I'm just letting you know that now. What if I rolled a really lucky roll? What what if I crit, like, five times in a row? Crit on a D100. Besides the fact that's just not how D&D works. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. What, what what check is this even? Uh, an investigation was what Roland rolled, which is fine, to try to find the piece you're looking for. 19! I can help! Yeah. Thank you, Zoe. You're very helpful. Also, you didn't cut yourself, which would have been disastrous. Sweet! I'm gonna, when I'm done getting my hedge pig, I'm gonna do one too. 15. <laughs> did you say hedge pig? I sure did. All right, the hedge pig helps. He sniffs out a good glass shard for you. Thanks, buddy. I also like it because Mara's kind of prickly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the point. So you guys are all working for the weekend. It's pretty good. <laughs> Someone snorted at me. I heard that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, when you guys are all working, uh, can everyone do perception checks? Or actually, no, Viltari, your Viltari, your passive perception is so high that the check is pointless. Yeah. While you you guys are working, you notice with your eagle eye, <laughs> singular eye, that Grace's necklace. It's like a chain which has the first the first frost on it, just the, the never-melting snowflake. Uh, that snowflake is bleeding. 
Hey, Grace. Yeah, that's me. How long has your necklace been doing that? She looks down at it and jumps back. <laughs> Startled. Ah, what the heck? Got jam all over my ding dang necklace. I uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's jam. What, what's happening? I rolled a religion check. I crit on it, but with a negative one, it's an eighteen. You crit. <laughs> I wish I could help, but I'm pretty sure I was asleep when all the swords were bleeding on the boat. Yeah, you missed that interlude. But Zoe just crit on her religion check. Uh, so we talked before about bleeding holy symbols and how it can mean different things to different gods. But it happening multiple times in this short period of time lends a whole other level of significance. It seems like there is. this isn't just one god suffering or in crisis. There seems to be something cosmically wrong. <laughs> is the phrase I'm going to choose to use. Something very bad is happening, cosmically. A. Is there a, like, a way to talk to a god at all? <laughs> Dang, if only we could ask him like three questions or something. I mean, I wasn't there for that, so I don't know about that. But, you know, I'm just throwing out there. If we can think of some good yes or no questions, I can maybe ask the gods what's up. I like this plan. Yeah, that's a good plan. Now, does anyone want to help me come up with questions? Because me and yes or no questions for gods, I'm not the best at. Are you okay? No, not for real. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be kind of a collaborative effort. So, Veltari, you're going to start the ritual. You set down some candles. You play your guitar. And then you guys get three yes or no questions. Veltari gets final say. But if you guys all just want to jump in for time's sake and just do your best three questions. Is this uh, Ganadar's doing? Yeah, that seems like a smart place to start. So, first question. Is the reason for this bloody symbol of a god Gonador's doing? No. Hmm. Is this related to the next form? Yeah, let's go with that for the next question. Yes. Uh, is the form interacting directly with the outer planes? Uh, yes, I'm good with that. Yes. That would explain why there was such concern from the triad, because it's not simply a matter of this affecting the material plane, it affects every plane that it intersects with. As you say that, Sylvia uh, says, uh, guys? Yeah? Look at this. And she's pulling out her tarot cards and just putting them one by one down on the table, and they all have changed. Every single tarot card she owns is now just death. Fun. That seems bad. Yeah, I know you told us before that death wasn't like an inherently bad card, but but I'm I'm a bit concerned how many of them you're getting. Death often means change, but change on a really big scale often involves a lot of death. Okay. Right. And they're just, like, they're just pouring out. There's just uh, dozens of cards, and they all just have a big skull on them. And it just says, Death 13. So, how, how, how do these cards work? Do they, like, point you to where the, 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 the thing is at all, maybe? Not that I know of, no. I mean, if it's something the gods were scared of, what do you think we're gonna do? I don't know, play guitars, isn't it? Alright, Zoe's uh, going to, like, run out essentially now, and she's going to try to see if she can track down Stella Rosa if, before she teleport away. Since those are both your characters, you can definitely do that. You have control over that, so I like to imagine like Stella Rosa's packing up her stuff in Hawthorne House. She scoops up 
Jesus, or sorry, Jesus, and she's like doing the sad Hulk walk away. Oh, there's nothing sad about it. But 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 question is, did did Zoe cast haste in order to catch up to Stella? I probably did. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you cast haste on yourself to run to catch up to Stellarosa, and you feel a burning, shooting pain in your back as dragonfly wings explode out of your back meat. Sweet. <laughs> I'm a Yanma now. By the way, Austin, yeah. I did think of an animal that uh, that uh, that uh, Mardis would have had, and that would have been a winter wolf. Yeah, that's in D&D, that's not just a wolf. It also can shoot ice breath, right? That's correct. Nice. All right, so Yanma, <laughs> the mayor. Mayor Yanma. Sorry if you don't understand Pokemon. Um, you catch up to Stellarosa. How does that conversation go? Uh, Stella, hey, um, I think I might know something that is important to us and might be important to you, too, if you're all about like the big things going on in the world and stuff. And I'm going to assume Zoe can, like, abridge the conversation where she has to explain to her about these outer plane gods and everything like that. Correct. All right. So Stella will just respond in the notion of, hmm, so these things cross over in our world and cause effects similar to the entire thing. Well, it was the entire thing that caused Ilium. And another one's activity is currently operating in our plane again. Yeah, so maybe you could use some of your smart stuff to figure out what it might be doing and why the gods are, like, bleeding symbols and stuff like that. Also, I have dragonfly wings now. Uh, and to that extent, is there a check I could do on, like, an investigation or arcana to think where would be the best place to start looking? Try to figure out what that kind of change in the world would be? Magic is Delarosa's area of expertise, so I'll approach it from that angle. 26. 26 is very, 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 very high. Stellarosa, you know from your magical studies that uh, something on that scale would be very hard for mortals to contend with. It would be something, obviously, that the gods would have the only power to really affect, which is what they did with Ilium. And if you wanted more information, per Zoe's explanation of what happened, the only sources would be the Cabal of gods who created the spine because they're the only ones who like really know what's going on and so you think like the triad the god of winter the good god of dragons and maybe ogma Ooh, remember ogma god of knowledge has a golden library with all of the information that exists so if you have any questions the answer is there Ooh, like literally there is no question that it can't be answered if you can get into that library Cut away to something else, because I need to check on something. As a backup, I would say there's also still the orb, which you think basically has the power to grant wishes. And if you can't open it by having a pure motive, maybe you could just break it by using the big sphere that used to be on top of the sacrum, because it's filled with guilt energy. Mm -hmm. So there's basically three options that you see. Break the mystery orb, solve the mystery orb, or figure out how to get into Ogma's golden library. Meanwhile, in the Ninsen Chapel. Oh, yeah, that's me. That is you. 50 zombies have exploded out of the basement and they are running amok inside of the chapel. They're facing down about 50 vampires, which have been possessed by devils. 
that that is not an even fight obviously the zombies are emaciated normies no armor no weapons and the order of the merciful sword are wearing heavy armor and they have two-handed swords so the the zombies are going to lose that fight they aren't even proper zombies they're people who have been basically mind controlled using drugs uh but while that fight is going on in the background about 50 zombies versus 50 vampires very metal uh theodora you are standing at the head of the pulpit at the front of the the chapel and there is iris in front of you the elven woman who is shackled and she says you're gonna die here drowner ah so that's your beef with me huh you killed my son i'm going to kill you i mean you're not (laughs) holy shit (laughs) if you unshackle me i'll try to make it fast if not i'll just tear your throat out with my teeth I appreciate the um, dedication, but again, it's just not going to happen. Also, I probably didn't drown your son on purpose. I'm just uh, Sometimes I forget other things don't breathe water. You don't care about anything or anybody else. Well, that's not true. I'm just very limited in who and what I care about. Discerning, if you will. What matters to you? Because I want to take it away before I kill you. Well, unfortunately, it's my god, and I don't think you can take away my god. So again, <sighs> Theodora, your brooch of Gonador, the eye that you wear on your cloak, is bleeding. Uh-oh. And you hear Gonador's voice say, Something is wrong. Uh-oh. And Iris lunges at you. Roll initiative. Botch! <laughs> Ah, nice. She goes to run at you, and an Order of the Merciful Sword person trips her on its way to go fight zombies. So she's at your feet and shackled. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna cast Blight on her. Yikes, I gotta do a saving throw? Uh, yeah, Constitution. Alright, tell us what Blight does before I hit this button, because I don't know if every listener knows what that means. It is, you take 98 necrotic damage. It's basically just rotting evil magic yeah spooky spooky evil magic spooky more like yes yeah, rotting it's more like it 11 on that saving throw no nowhere close uh my spell. no it's a secret it's a secret a secret roll your damage all right is that 98 you're the final boss you don't have to tell anyone your stats <laughs> <laughs> Suck my dick. everybody i already recorded it down <laughs> 31 damage holy snaps all right, so uh, Iris, before your eyes, begins to wither and age as you blight her using necrotic magic. Like, she literally ages for your eyes. Like, her hair thins and falls out, and her skin loosens, and you see she, she's basically dying in front of you. She's a civilian. She's not wearing armor, uh, and so she's dying. And she says, it doesn't matter. In this world or the next, I'll find you. You can't escape me. Good luck with that. Uh, and I'm just gonna like casually take out my book and write to Gany and be like, "Hey, what's up? What's wrong? What's going down?" And you don't get a response. Oh boy, that's that's not good. You're kind of spooked by it. It seems like he has bigger things to worry about than you, which is concerning. Unlike him, yeah. And at your feet, Iris says, "May you wander in loneliness all of your days." I've done it before. It's not that. It's bad, but I mean, you can't. It's already happened to me. You're, nothing you're saying is anything close to like threatening or upsetting. I'm sorry. You're failing. My son can't be free until he kills you. He'll keep coming for 
As long as it takes, a millennia, an eon, you'll never have a moment's peace. He'll stalk you to the ends of the earth. Was that the water, the water guy? The unseely fay. They cursed him when he drowned in their swamp. I don't know. Last I heard, he made a deal with me, and as long as I got him out of Ilium, we're cool, so we'll see. I'll keep an eye out. A soul wants nothing more than to be free. Okay. She tries to get to her feet, and she's going to keep coming coming at you, and she's very much intending on biting your throat out. All right, then. Is it her turn? Yep. She's going to make an attack. 18. Let me double check my AC. No. All right. She tries to bite you. What do you do? I'm um, deciding what I want to do. Da, 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 da. You also see as like she's aging and dying from the blight, she actually has contacts on. You see she's a ladrin. She wasn't an elf. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like using any uh, of my spell slots. So I'm just going to Eldritch Blaster. Mm-hmm. All right, so how does 31, 15, and 16 treat you? Those all hit. Uh, so she, you hit her with three Eldritch Blasts at point-blank range, and she is killed on impact. Dora just, like, shrugs. Uh, all the zombies immediately stop and turn and just stare blankly as if you've, tur- if you've flipped their off switch. Hey, zombies! They don't respond. What would I roll to try and figure out what to do with these zombies? Uh, medicine? Twelve... With a 12 above average, you don't know what to do with their current state because they are just people who have been influenced by this mind-altering drug. Basically, they're only alive in the sense that their souls are still attached to their body. You can actually embalm basically everything except for their... As long as their brain is in there, enough of it that they have a nervous system, they can be basically used as cannon fodder, uh, which is what happened to all the bodies Iris was sending in to Ilium to kill you so that her son's soul could be free. So you don't know what to do with them as zombies, but they are still humanoid vessels. Oh, just put souls in them. If I have extra souls lying around. They're devils. They're the de- Okay, so the way this works is that when you, you're lawful evil and you die, you become a petitioner. Mm-hmm. When you enter the gates of hell, you become the lowest level of devil, which is called a lemur. I swear to God, I didn't make that up. It's called a lemur. Sounds much cuter than it is. It's actually just a big like sack of rotting meat. It's gross. Not cute at all. It's not cute at all. But these haven't become lemurs yet, so they're just kind of the raw soul stuff. That they're called petitioners when they're on the plane. You don't need to know all this. Okay. The important thing is you have just doubled the size of your army. Nice. You have half an army of zombies and half an army of vampires, all possessed by devil souls, and they all look to you, their glorious leader. What do you want to do? Mm, let's start a marching. <laughs> okay. So you leave... The Ninsen ch- Chapel and march to Ilium to kill everyone and kidnap Zoe Legrand? That's the plan. Or at least to kidnap Zoe. We'll see how many people I kill. Mm-hmm. Depends on my mood. You don't know. All right. So back in Ilium, you guys don't know exactly what's happening, but you know something very bad is happening. What do you do in your preparation time before the final battle? I want Stellarosa to try to figure out what they could figure out i'm trying to figure out a way to contact the god of of knowledge and get appropriate information so i'm considering the idea that uh one of stilaros's abilities is she can cast a spell from another class's spell list Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it's at the level that she can cast a spell and i was going to cast the level four cleric spell divination to talk to a god Mm -hmm. 
uh, and asks a single question concerning a specific goal event or an activity to occur within seven days. And I'm trying to figure out what the best question to ask the god of knowledge would be. Yeah, that's a really that's a that's amazing. Actually, I love that this is episode is like we are so far out of our depth. We're gonna blow all our spell slots asking the big boys to go <laughs> to help. <laughs> My dad could beat up your dad, Theodora. <laughs> could you ask something like, "What is what should I do in order to?" prevent the issue that's causing the symbols to bleed something like that like ask for what action should i go and take a similar one could be simply asking what is the form what's more important knowing what to do or knowing what it is why don't you guys think about this for a little bit longer and why don't we do some scenes while we're waiting you guys know something bad is happening and you can make kind of generic preparations while some of you are still brainstorming about specifics so for example uh, I know, Laura, you had something that Veltari wanted to do. So yeah, I want to go and see Mayor Zoe. Hi! Hey, how, how's being the mayor going? It's pretty good. I think I spelled mayor right on the sash this time. Uh, M-A-Y-O, <laughs> that sounds about right, mayor. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so... I have a question to ask you because, you know, we work together a while. We're all goody goody pal friends and, and you're in a position of power, so you might be able to help. Um, That's what I'm here for. Remember how a little while ago I had a very valuable gem I was planning to use to take control of an angel and that whole thing didn't go terribly well for me? I kind of kind of want to get a hold of a gem of that nature okay uh yeah how much was it worth yeah i need a jewel worth at least a thousand gold hachibachi that's a lot yeah and it's gonna get used up this is gonna be a one-time thing it's for the same spell it is for the same spell like look here's here's my worry there is something coming for us it's powerful enough it's making the gods bleed and that concerns me and this spell is designed to take very powerful beings and to make them do what we say. And I don't know what's coming, but I feel like being able to take control of whatever's coming would be really, really useful for us. Do I have a uh, jewel of that uh, worth, Austin? Penny does. All right. Let me check with Penny and I'll see if I can get something for you. Thank you. Maybe don't mention that it's for me because I did steal that gem from her once. So, you know. Yeah, peepers don't forget. <laughs> yeah, peepers don't forget. But like, you know, if it comes up that it's because of me, you know, I, I promise it's for a good reason. And this time I went through the proper channels. I didn't steal it this time. So that's got to count for something. That is true. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So roll persuasion with advantage. 16. Yeah. Penny says, so you want this jewel worth a thousand dollars that your friend stole from me before. And now you just want me to give it back to her because your various knickknacks done be bleeding everywhere. Yeah, but that seems like it'd be like a really important sign from the gods. Also, I think I have like a thousand gold still left from when I was shooting gold out everywhere. I could just give you in return. Hmm. Yeah, we do have a proper economy now. We got... All kinds of people coming in. Yeah, I feel like we had a really big leg up by me just shooting out money randomly for a while. We really could have abused that more. We'd have been like a financial powerhouse. 
And now this will make me very rich and then we'll put you back on the level of like an average D&D adventurer so you can't abuse that rule anymore. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> and also, if it, nothing bad happens, you could always just bring the jewel back. If something bad does happen, I would rather you sop it than me die. So it's a win, win, win. And I think there's one loss somewhere, but that's only on my side. So pretty good deal. The house always wins. P-Biz always gets her money. <laughs> P-Biz always gets her. It's a deal. All right. Here you go, champ. <laughs> Sorry. Mayor. Nah, it's cool. Champ works too. I don't, I think I could spell champ better than mayor. I keep spelling it mayo or. <laughs> it's M-A-R-I-O. Ma, that doesn't look right. But I already trust you on one deal. I obviously <laughs> trust your spelling as well. Uh, common is not my first language. Infernal <laughs> is my native tongue. So I don't know. I can't read burning. Goodbye. It just looks wrong because you're reading it upside down. <laughs> All right. So after much hullabaloo, Veltari, you have your planar binding gem back. There you go. But now all your gold reserves are wiped out, everyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, hopefully we won't need it. But just I hope you can understand why I'm preparing this, because things from the gods starting to bleed is the kind of sign that, like, Hell has frozen over and is overflowing onto the earth, or just something like that. Like, bad shit's gonna go down. No, I understand. It seems good to be prepared. I should probably try to figure out something, too. Yeah, things are getting real hecked up. Speaking of which, uh, I think word spreads pretty quickly that something is going on and everyone kind of becomes on high alert. Uh, One of the consequences of this is that Ishmael Blood Mountain... Uh, sends his dog over to the mayor's office with uh, a message for you guys. This has like a, a a letter tucked under the dog's collar and the dog is carrying the salamander sheath from episode like five. Mm-hmm. Good dog. What does note say? It, it, it's clear that Ishmael didn't write it, right? Because he's he couldn't hold a pencil that could write a note like this. So he got someone else to do it. So there's like scrawled handwriting that says for to fight question mark. so yeah so starbuck brings you guys the salamander sheath which is a sword sheath i tried to give you guys early in the campaign which turns swords into fire magic which bypasses defenses which stop ordinary weapons for example if you were to like i don't know fight a bunch of vampires who aren't hurt by swords fuck i very much want to have this this sheath and i'm well aware i'm jumping on this but i'm also like I I want my sword to be cool. Can I can I can I have the cool burning thing, please? It was for you. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's very cool. Twenty episodes ago. That's that's your fault for something. <laughs> you you gave us a quest where we were supposed to return it. I know. I thought you guys would be a little bit more selfish. <laughs> no, we we did what we did our job like good adventurers. You guys are too nice for your own good. Yeah, <laughs> that should certainly help. Yes, I I take it. Put the forgiveness sword in it, pull it straight back out on fire, and just stand holding it for a minute, like, yeah, yeah, the, mm, yeah. And so, yeah, it adds uh, fire damage on top of the damage it already does of the same and turns the damage it normally does into fire damage. So it's a straight upgrade. <laughs> there are no bet downsides to using this. I, I feel like this 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 episode is doing wonders for my ability to do cool stuff incoming in the last couple of episodes. I'm I'm very excited about this. Hooray, hooray, hooray. I would like Stella Rosa to speak to Mara. Me? 
Yes. Sup? So, hey, how are you doing? This is all a lot. It is. But it's nice to get out of the chapel, you know, so... Chapel, that's actually what I was very curious about. I was gathering from, like, the symbols and such that you seem to be a woman of the cloth. Yeah, that's me. I'm uh, the, the triad. I'm with Roland back there. Do you think you might be able to assist in this mission of trying to message the gods for an answer on what might be happening? I might need some help trying to think of questions, but yeah, I think I could I think I could do that. I think it would be greatly advantageous for us to pool our resources together and try to hit as many spots, so to speak, to try to spread the number of questions we're saying out amongst different gods to try to see what we could pull together as a more concrete answer, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get you. Uh, but do you always talk like that? <laughs> <laughs> like what? The, uh, it's it's hard to describe, but oh, it's something. Is it? I never really noticed anything about it. What are you hearing? You sound very, um, hmm, what's the word? And don't take this the wrong way. Uh, pretentious? That comes with the territory. You know, wizards and such. Does it? I don't know a lot of wizards. Yes, it's sort of the stereotype. Sort of like how clerics are snobby, uptight losers. It doesn't mean it's true, though, right? I see what you did there. (laughs) There's a big, angry ghost hedgehog just out of frame. I just cast shade on you. (laughs) That's a wizard joke. No, uh, it's a bad joke. I'm perfect at magic. Don't have to be perfect at jokes. I'm perfect at magic. <laughs> are, are you two done talking back and forth about this? Or are you going to, you know? No. All right. The hedge pig is going to just like follow her around. What is that? That's Leonard. Stop giving Lauren the opportunity to name animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what is Leonard? He looks like a large hedgehog that is just floating alongside you. Yeah, that that's what he is. You don't have one? Oh, are you not, like, cool enough to have a cool ghost buddy? Is this something that your town does? You just... I'm not from here, and I just got one, like, right away. I can't believe you don't have one yet. It's a shame. Hmm. Lame. Where do you get one, if I may ask? Should I tell you, though? Like, I feel <laughs> like you just, like, were really mean to me, and, like... We're not mean, we're being playful. Look, I'm here to try to help this town out now at this point, since it seems yeah, to be mutually. It's, the, it's, the, it's the, the, the big house inside of the little house, and all the death, and the mirrors. <laughs> Great description. Stellarosa, do you have an animal in mind? Uh, I'm going to look one up real quick. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay, that's a theme recurring this episode. <laughs> Getting back to that? Yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, anybody else? I mean, yeah, I want to ask this question at least before we get to that point. All right. So you're gonna you want to cast the spell divination to ask a god a question? Yes. Is this a yes or no? No, that's commune. Oh, okay. This is a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to recur within seven days, and it can be answered in a short phrase, cryptic rhyme, or an omen. I, f- I feel like we should just straight up ask like what the form is. We can ask two different questions. We're pulling from two different god sources. Does that mean you're you're casting the spell twice? Are you? Yeah, so Stella Rosa's casting it once, and then Mara will be casting it. Ah. But they'll be casting it for two different gods. 
Is it worth then, if we have got more than one, making the first question be, what is the next form, so that we can then judge what to make the next question based on that? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. All right, so we have two people who can cast the spell Divination to get an answer from a god. Question one, or I guess connection one if you want to use two different gods. So who's up first? I think it might be beneficial to save the god of knowledge for a second, just in case we might be able to... If he's the, like, accordance of all collective knowledge, he might know more on if our second question is supposed to be like, what should we do? He might know more. Uh, what was this? Which god symbol of mine was bleeding? What, whatever is happening in the world, the effects of that were felt first by the god of suffering. Okay. Because it felt the suffering first. All right. I'll hit up Illumator and be like, um. Hold on. We got to put in the AOL connection noise. Beep boop, beep boop, boop, beep. That's, that's beep. not the same. It's no, close same. enough. What's your question? Uh, what is... Uh, I don't know how to phrase this correctly. I was just going to be like, what is the like new form? Does that make sense? Y'all pitch in and help me. Now that guilt has cycled through on the wheel of things... What has arrived? What has arrived to replace guilt? So you ask that question... And the answer you get from Ilmater, God of Suffering, is You were trapped in a prison of guilt, and now you are free. But the price of freedom is death. Oh boy. I say that. Mm, death, death, death is a really bad next thing on the wheel. You can only ask one question. But the line is still open, and you just start hearing, echoing in your mind, The price of freedom is death. The price of freedom is death. The price of freedom is death. Spooky. And the line goes dead, but you still hear it. Oh, God. So how'd it go? (sighs) It's not good, guys. Apparently, the price of freedom is death. I heard that like a thousand times, so I guess that's... Is it death that's here? I think it's death. It is. Also, in hindsight, Lyra being the death arcana was a red herring. It was it was the second form. Damn. I got you. You got me this time. All right. Well, I guess let me try asking what we could do to stop death. I feel like the answer to that is going to be you can't. You can't stop death. So, 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 wait, so, wait. So, your question is how do we cheat death? So, your question basically is... How do we become collectively Tom Brady? (laughs) I thought you were going to say Keith Richards. We got to find Keith Richards. We got to drain his blood. That's the only way. We have to to infuse ourselves with Keith Richards' essence. We have to buy it to BS like drinking coconut oil and stuff like that, you know? It's the only way. All right, so you're going to use divination, Chris? Yes. I guess I should have said Stellarosa, to be clear. Stellarosa is using divination. All right. Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. And this is to Ogma, the god of knowledge, by the way. All right, you have Ogma on the line. What is your question? What can be done, or what should we do to try to stop the effects of this personification of death that is affecting this pl- these planes, our planes? Agma responds, You can't stop death. 
Everything dies. Everyone dies. Everything dies. Everyone dies. Everything dies. And that goes on for a while. Cold air. Hmm. See, this this is basically the answer that Veltari got from Ilmata previously. The, you can't avoid death. Death happens. I was so excited when you asked, can I survive? And I was like, uh, I knew what was coming. It's so nice the way this is like repeated itself. You can't avoid death. Not to toot my own horn, but like every other word out of Warden Light's mouth was everyone dies. And yeah, we've done a lot of talk about skeletons, yeah. ghosts, angels, devils, things associated with death. Dead authors. I mean, wait, what? We each have like a a dead spirit attached to each of us. I could I could do this for a while. Literally everything is this. We we are being followed by specters of death. We were solving deaths. Specters of Death, also a good band name. I know we say that like once an episode, but. <laughs> <sighs> so I take it your answer is not quite as uh, satisfying as it could have been Stellarosa. It's along the same lines of the everything is death, death is inevitable, everything dies. It's just trying to figure out the way around that situation right now that I'm debating. Who has the morb? Zoe does, I believe. It's like Martis does for some reason. Like, what am I doing with this? <laughs> okay, because that's the last question mark before the final battle, is all I'll say. Uh, I guess Zoe's gonna keep trying to, like, tinker with it when she's around, but she's, like, she's afraid to break any of, like, the uh, it smart stuff that was solved already. Mm-hmm. Ooh, actually. Yeah. There's one thing she wants to consider trying to do, because she doesn't understand how this thing works, except that it can change something. And that it shouldn't be, like, she's gathering that it's not to be used for a selfish purpose. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if it works if she goes near where she's trying to accomplish something and, like, you know, either says it out loud or thinks it. But I think one thing Zoe would be really wanting to do, and probably was showcased during her time working with the glass, is she really wishes she knew, like, if there's anything this orb could do right now that she really wants it to, it would be to help figure out which shards of the glass are Warden Light's shards. All right, so you're saying is you're holding the mystery orb, a.k.a. the morb. The morb. And your actual wish, if it's if the stories are true and this thing essentially grants you the information that you can use to change the world, the thing you would change is that you want Warden Light's mirror to be repaired. You want the information to be able to do that. Or she wants to be able to identify which of the shards are Warden Light's so that it can be like identified and fixed. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't know most of the other stuff. The only other thing she could think is like, oh, she can't change death. She can't do that. But, you know, her. She can ask. Her first thought is like to try to help the people in town. Warren Light's like the one person she hasn't been able to help yet. So this is kind of an out of character question. Is that selfless? Do you really want to help Light and reunite him with his daughter? Or do you just not want to die? So you want a big, strong guy? No, she doesn't. Again, she doesn't really recognize. I think that like the death part's coming because mm-hmm. she just wants to help the people in town. All right. So if you selflessly really want nothing more from this morb, <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't know if it'll work or not. She's just trying to think on what she could do to help the town. And if this orb is supposed to be something that can help, then this is the person she needs to use it for. Cause it's not something she's choosing to use to do for herself at this point. Yeah. So where are you when you do this? She'd probably be at Sylvia's house, I think. 
All right, so you're in the glass room. You're, there's just piles of glass everywhere, and there, there's like charts and stuff where they're trying to keep track of where they are and certain things. You're the only one in the room now, and you're sitting there with the mystery orb, and you're holding it in your hand. You're looking at it. You're thinking hard. You're not disturbing any of the puzzle elements, but when you, in your heart, selflessly want nothing more than the power and the knowledge to fix Warden Light's mirror so that he can escape, you hear deep within the orb... A click. Oh, great. You broke it. Did I break it? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. And in fact, there is a explosion of golden light. And Zoe Legrand is gone. Uh Uh-oh. And the orb falls to the ground and rolls into the corner. (laughs) Fuck. Some Fushigi Yugi shit. (laughs) This is fine. Meanwhile, Theodora, you have led your army of vampires and zombies to a ridge uh, on the edge of the Hyacinth Highway. And you can see off in the distance the field of lilies that leads to Ilium. Do you want to make like a big speech to your troops on the ridge before they charge across the open field and into battle? What time of day is it? Dusk. So it's about to get dark so that if their uniforms get ripped, they won't immediately explode in the sun. Okay, because I was going to say we're going to hide out until dark, if, if it's not already like close to dark. The sun is setting behind you, and it looks like the sky is bleeding. A lot of blood today. Hmm. All right, troops, devils, you cool guys. <laughs> we're here for one thing and one thing only, to kidnap Zoe, Legrand, the mayor, I think. I don't know how I knew that. I wasn't here this whole time, but hey. Scrying. You literally went on a whole side quest to be able to scry. I forgot about the scrying. You can look at anyone and anything at any time. That's how you've been able to coordinate this so quickly. And so whatever you have to do to make that happen, it's fine with me. Just don't kill Zoe. We have to bring her back alive. You guys might have a tough battle today. There's some giants and a troll. But I think what we have in numbers and determination will win us out in the end. So, let's do it. Ra. So, <laughs> is that not on on? Is that not on point for Dora? No, I, it's just like a montage of all the great movie speeches. We'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them on the streets. And then it's just <laughs> let's do this. Ra. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they're all uh, just possessed by devils and just unerringly obedient so they wouldn't question it even if you were just like all right troops fart 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 but 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 <laughs> like it doesn't actually matter but i just thought it'd be appropriate for dora yeah no i love it Ra. <laughs> i was hoping they would like raw with me tell them to raw with you <laughs> if i don't do it i'm gonna say guys do it raw yeah, yeah exactly now you're feeling it mr Krabs. all right you suck <laughs> all right so you send your troops into battle yep we're marching in all right so the armies of the undead and the devilish march across the fields to ilium what's the party doing what are you guys up to when when the alarm goes up uh obviously gonna go find out what's triggered that alarm let's run out to the the outside of town and try and get a sense of what's happening the alarm is the blade singers, who are your first line of defense, see what's happening and use thaumaturgy to start yelling, like, Yeah. Hostiles! Any description? Paladins. 
Armor. Mm, this isn't good. Roland? <sighs> Roland, paladins are coming. <laughs> Is that happened sooner or later? I'm assuming someone stepped into that power vacuum that uh, my old boss left. Who could it be? Chris, because Zoe disappeared from... Oh, God damn it! <laughs> disappeared from Ilium in a flash of golden light. You can control Stellarosa during this if you want to. I want to check. Did I get a chance to get a spirit beast? Yeah. I would like a sphinx. Fucking hell yes. <laughs> okay. So do you have... You, you don't have one of those ancient super sphinx, right? It's just like a kitty. with. <laughs> yeah. Just a weird cat. It's like grumpy cat, but they glued wings on it. <laughs> Grumpy Sphinx. Yeah, Grumpy Sphinx. I love Grumpy Sphinx. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, all right, so you, you, Stellarosa and Grumpy Sphinx, you're there with Roland, Hawklight, Veltari, and Mara Sladen. Uh, well, I will cast Mage Armor now because this looks like it's going to pop off. Yeah, the army is running at you. It's weird. I cast a spell and I don't have to roll on the magic, wild magic table. I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah, wherever Zoe is, she has dragonfly <laughs> wings, which is exciting. So I suppose we're killing these things then? Yeah, does anybody on the Ilium side want to make a big war speech? I feel like Roland <laughs> would probably give the best one. Roland, after kind of getting set in his armor, getting his gear together, having Trinity set up so he can be on horseback. First, I want to thank every one of you that, is, that have decided to take up arms against this force, making its way to us. Well, I cannot guarantee that we will see through this unscathed. If we are able to, to work together, to communicate clearly, to use every advantage that we have against them, we may very well hold off this force and show them that this town will not be trampled over by anyone who comes hunting for us here. Uh, at this point, Valtari's gonna, like, come up side by side on the back of the manticore and literally just add, um, if we're gonna die here today, let's at least die like some kind of awesome metal album cover. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Neither am I! Let's go kill them! Uh, I don't want to add anything. I want to cast a spell Create Bonfire. Mm-hmm. And then I want to cast the spell Conjure Minor Elementals to basically cause that fire to turn into two flame elementals. Hell yes. All right, so that's a good point to mention the troop strength, because there was about 50 people in Ilium, and then a dozen blade singers showed up. So there's 60-ish of you guys. Uh, Dora has about 50 paladins and about 50 zombies. So she has about 100. So it's about 60 to 100. You guys are... How many Bozogs do we have? Oh yeah, there's a bunch of Bozogs. Not all the Bozogs are there, but there are some. And like, I think uh, Grace like brings them some like things they can use as like feet blades, <laughs> <laughs> ankle ankle knives. It's like they got like fucking greaves and shit. Yeah, I mean, you we joke, but actually, that's a th real thing in like cockfighting. Is you actually do a strap blades to chickens' feet, and they they can kill each other. It's very serious. So it's it sounds goofy, but it's a hundred percent a real thing. Fuck. And so the bozogs are ready for battle. Some of them are going to join, not all of them. They all have individuality and stuff. So are the bozogs still asking who their god is? Yes, they're they have no idea. They've just been birthed into a, a world of terrifying chaos, and they are eternally questioning their existence. Can I give a speech to the Bozogs? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. 
<laughs> okay, so I want to try and give a rousing speech to convince the Bozogs to fight for me, and the here's, here's how I'm going to do this. I know that for you right now, life must be terrifying. You literally just came into existence, and here you are now with no sense of why you exist or who you are or what to do. If you need something to believe in, believe in me, fight with me, and stand by my side. Bozog! 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 <laughs> Yay, Bozog army! There's only two certainties in the world. <laughs> Death and Bozogs. <laughs> Voltari! 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 I can tell that there's a reason why you don't want to have these exist for too long, Austin, because that voice might be a bit tough to do for too long. I, I'm just a big fan of the fact that this is completely the opposite of the initial image that Veltari had of, like, you know, just everything dark and growling, and now, oh, here's Veltari and her army of Bozogs. It's amazing. All right, so the armies are ready to go, and they're going to, you know, meet each other in glorious combat, like the two towers. Basically, there's a huge full-on brawl in the field of lilies. It's actually, it's beautiful in a disturbing way, of course, because it's dusk and the sun is setting and it's gorgeous and there's all these beautiful flowers and there's two armies, one clad in all white, one kind of ramshackle and improved, and both sides are fierce. One side is all decked out in really, really good armor and they have really good weapons and they're also possessed by the souls of the damned. <laughs> But the other side has a bunch of really strong players. Uh, Ishmael Blood Mountain can just chuck boulders 100 feet away and just crush dudes. Wolf can ride his purple worm into battle. He can uh, sustain a ton of damage while just snapping dudes up and crushing them in his worm's mouth. Uh, Grace, surprisingly, can use the power of the first frost to just send out a dozen hydra heads. And every time they bite you, you explode into ice and those shrapnel ice go everywhere and start tearing dudes up she's actually kind of killer and then there's the party in the middle of all this you see the rocks they're fighting robin's turned back into goo and is melting dudes claudia's shooting her gems through the armor of everyone who gets close to her mm. the blade singers are doing work they're they're very very strong and they move in kind of calculated formation uh just zo zooming in and out of the battle because they can fly I have a fun little visualization based on the uh, spirit that Martis has with him. Yeah, what's Martis up to? Well, basically, Martis is dispatching enemies uh, on his own, but you can sort of see the ice-veiled outline of a wolf sort of circling around the enemy, not directly attacking, but providing uh, enough of a distraction for, for Martis to basically operate like uh, wolf pack tactics sort of uh, flair, where... They get distracted by one, and then he comes in from the other side to make his attack. Nice. And not everyone is in the fight. Sylvia, Bell, uh, Penny, uh, Winifred, though they're not combatants, and they wouldn't... I mean, they, you may, they could probably be convinced to fight. I think like Winifred would be selfless enough to do it, but he would die. Like I'm just telling you that, like DM to players, if Winifred mm -hmm. enters this, he is dead. This would be like if we didn't bring Morden along on the final mission or send him back with the rest of the group, you know? It's just like he has high percentage chance of dying. I get it. I was about to say that's a kind of a deep cut, but everyone played Mass Effect 2, right? Everyone played Mass Effect 2. That's not even a deep cut. One of the best video games ever made. So this huge battle's breaking out, but two things are notable. The first is you guys don't see Theodora, and you have no reason to believe she's there, so that doesn't surprise you. 
but she has she is hanging back and that's because as the armies marched in uh her message to ganador was answered what that yanny say <laughs> what that yanny do you hear ganador's voice say hold well then i guess i'll hang back something is wrong zoe legrand has disappeared Ah, fuck. And for the party, which is Roland Hawklight, Veltari, Mara Sladen, Stella Rosa Legrand, you guys plunge into battle, and you guys are fighting, you're taking down some generic zombies and generic vampires, when you find yourself face-to-face with two in particular that I want to illustrate for you. Uh, The first one is a vampire paladin, just clad in all white, his big two-handed sword, his kind of plague doctor mask. The thing about him, though, is as you see, as you're fighting your way towards him, someone knocks his sword out of his hand, and then he rips off his face mask and bites down into his hand, and then with a flourish, summons up a twin-tailed blood whip, then turns towards the party, eyes flaring with hellish fire. This is pretty metal, but this is also new and unexpected. Yeah, been there, done that. Uh, jeez. Oh, I hate that guy. This vampire looks at Veltari specifically and says, Betrayer. Oh, hey. Hey, buddy, old pal, old Donto. How- <laughs> hey. Hey. And the second <laughs> figure in this mob that catches your eye is one of the zombies who once again their eyes is glowing with hellish fire because they are possessed by a lawful dead spirit and there is also a burning scar that has appeared on this zombie when it was possessed which goes from the top of its head to its crotch Ooh, i know who that guy is and this zombie has of course it's two it's big two-handed sword and it looks at the party and it growls weaklings Oh, I hate that guy, too. Ah, uh, so this is the part of the JRPG where we have to fight the, the bosses a second time and now they're stronger. Oh, no. I hate boss rush modes. <laughs> it certainly is that part. Roll initiative. As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, including Vampire Spanker, an arrangement of Vampire Killer from Castlevania, and Destiny Forgotten, arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive producers for the month of November 2017 are Kerstine Haslinger, Jade, Extellaris, Joseph Timbrello, The Cult of Gorfanax, Dr. Goatman, Irving Royale, Ken Fursell, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, 
Brent, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sauvier, Scott Cummings, Andrew McKitty, Juman Jack, Gwillem Evans, Mel Tiche, George Soros, Arjun DeConing, Grimlock, John Potts, Dawson Parr, Noah Sudret, Ziphosaurus, Elderly Goose, Salad Child, Seraph Stone, Thorsten Gross, Devin Smith, Castor UK, Aki Savalainen, The Paladin's Wife, Florian H., Charm Wilkie, Junk 2.0, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T., Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V., Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bengston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Just a Jester, Savard and Akrisimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stuhlfar, Sean the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlotte, Jorrit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Michael Hall, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. And a special wedding congratulations to the Hadsels. If you want to join this list, you can support the show at patreon.com slash austinyorski, and you could support Chris at patreon.com slash weeklymongarecap, as well as supporting Laura by reading her work at kotaku.co.uk. You can help support the show indirectly by finding us on Google Play, Podbean, iTunes, and anywhere else where you download podcasts and liking, subscribing, or however else you can interact with media in whatever year you're listening to this. As we near the end of Season 3, let's all cross our fingers that all the big questions are answered. Questions like, how many more names can we add to the producers list at the end before we have to spin off the end credits into their own podcast? And, will we finally have a season that doesn't end in a total party kill? And of course, the question on everybody's lips, will Leon ever return? Don't take my word for it. Let's hear what he has to say. You, oh god. You quit? No. Um, no, I I very I very much uh, quit. Yeah. Uh, very abruptly. Yeah. Uh, it, it is absolutely not Austin's fault. I decided for my own reasons to leave. And I think it's actually worked out pretty well for everybody. Like you clearly weren't ha- in taking. You know, you weren't getting anything from it anymore. And we brought Laura Kate Dale on, and she's been an absolute joy. I think the show is better for it. And while I love what you brought to the game, I also thought you know the show has kind of gone in a different direction it's it's everything has worked out great but you have to put that cool. at work in and you have to have the right expectations i think um, i think leon just missed me 